This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. This is Chris Dunty of the Catholic Review, and we are talking today with Greg Farno, who is the new Chancellor of Education for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Greg came to the Archdiocese from a background in banking, most recently at Truist and SunTrust, uh, and he, he brings with him a wealth of experience in the market. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hey, Chris. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. Well, first of all, let's figure out how you got started in this. You were about to retire from uh, <laughs> banking, and then suddenly you're not retired. How'd that happen? Yeah. So, Chris, it is, I, I think, a little bit of an interesting story. Uh, but but yes, by, by way of background, um, I did not grow up in the Maryland area. I, I grew up, um, up actually up in New England, but um, have spent my entire adult working career in banking here in Maryland. So I started there right out of college, found out uh, I, I loved the, the Maryland area and banking. And so I spent the rest of my working days um, here. So um, I got to a point about a year or so ago um, where I thought, okay, um, maybe it's time to pass the baton on to someone else. I've been doing it for a while. My most recent position was I was the regional president for Truist Bank here in Maryland, which really meant I oversaw the consolidation uh, and the merger and the transition of SunTrust Bank and BB&T Bank into Truist Bank. Um, and we did that um, over the last couple of years. So it seemed now that that was behind us, that now would be a very logical time for me to, again, hand the baton off to someone else and, quote unquote, retire. Mm -hmm. And I knew retirement would offer all kinds of interesting opportunities that just heretofore, you know, people that have day jobs just can't um, uh, avail themselves of. Right. So um, along I'm going, Chris, when in the middle of uh, September, my retirement became public. And Archbishop Laurie reached out. And I knew Archbishop Laurie somewhat. I had done some volunteer work uh, with the Archdiocese. And most notably, I chaired the 2021 Archdiocese Gala, which we called the Ungala because we did it right in the middle of the pandemic. Exactly. Didn't get actually to get, get together for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, Archbishop uh, or I reached out and said, you know, I'd, I'd like to meet with you. And um, I said, great, always enjoy his company and his counsel. And I had no idea what it was going to be about, but I, I sensed maybe he had a volunteer type of opportunity that he'd like me to consider. Well, in point of fact, he said that I'd like you to consider succeeding Jim Selinger, who retired about a year ago, as the new chancellor of education um, in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. 
Chris, it, uh, uh, you know, my, the, the, the joke is I, I would have expected Michael Elias to reach out to me and sign me to be the designated hitter for the Baltimore Orioles uh, as more likely. Um, I was flattered, and I spent the next um, month or two talking with various people um, about the position, you know, what it involved, and it really, really intrigued me. It really hit on a couple of very, very deep-seated hot buttons that I have. One is children, and the other is education. I also enjoy working with businesses, um, and this satisfied that need as well. So um, the more um, we talked, the more it resonated, and sure enough, I uh, uh, accepted and started in January. So that's a, a long-winded, Chris, answer to your question. But if you'd asked me in August what I'd be doing now, I don't know if, if this would have been the answer, but I'm extremely uh, thankful that it is the answer and that I'm here today working with everybody in um, the Division of, of Catholic Education here in Baltimore. Yeah, I guess uh, you're not holding out hope to be the DH when spring training opens in a couple of weeks, <laughs> yeah, right? right. For, for some reason, that call never came. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that that gala uh, that you mentioned is always focused on education and supporting education. So you you have that connection already. For people who don't know, what does a chancellor of education do? People probably understand that a superintendent is in charge of the, the school system, in charge of the education. What does a chancellor of education do? Not every diocese has that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I've learned that. Um, and, and bear with me. I'll admit that I'm learning uh, somewhat as I go. But I think what you're right, the superintendent, Dr. Hargens here in Baltimore, is the unquestioned leader of the academic um, part of the school system. And needless to say, that's a huge part. That's, I mean, you, you, you don't even need to talk about anything else if you don't have that solved for. And we're very, very blessed to have Dr. Hargens leading that effort. I don't think I'll be spending a lot of time uh, so much on that, but looking at the bigger picture, things like financial performance, how do we make sure we're being good stewards of the uh, scarce resources we have to operate our great schools in an, in an efficient and an effective way? And certainly my background in banking would probably lead to that. It's getting involved in strategic projects like how do we recruit uh, teachers mm -hmm. and other members, other staff members? How do we recruit and or market to potential students that want to come to our school? How do we present the Archdiocese of Baltimore schools in the appropriate and more most favorable light? The way I think about it, well, Dr. Hargens is making sure the schools are academically uh, doing everything that we would want them to, and she is. I'm going to try to focus on the other things. Um, again, financial performance, teacher recruitment, pupil recruitment, strategic plan, um, marketing, human resources, career development for our people, all of those um, aspects of running a school system that are extremely important 
in addition to the academics, which is the most important. Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate, and I know you're new to the job, uh, but how do you differentiate the difference between Catholic schools, other private schools, you know, non-governmental schools, and public schools? What's the nexus there that makes Catholic schools different? Yeah, uh, again, a, a really great question. And I would, I would tell you that it's a couple things based on my opinions prior to taking the job and, and the last couple of weeks. But first of all, first and foremost, it's the Catholic faith. So that's a huge, um, important cornerstone of ours. That's a point of differentiation from any other school system, um, public or private. Second is academic rigor. So again, not saying that other school systems don't have it. Mm -hmm. We know that we do. And we do it in an environment that is conducive to success for students from kindergarten through high school. And that academics are so important to us. And we're so focused on it. It is part of our DNA, if you will. And Again, not saying that the others don't, but we know that we do. Um, and we have from you know the beginning of the school system, whatever that was. Back with St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, really, was when the- There you here, go. Here yes. in Maryland, where, where the Catholic school system in the U.S. got its start. That's exactly right, Chris. When you look at what you're trying to do now, and, and it's obviously a tough time financially for any kind of school district- what kind of leadership are you looking for to make this work? The leadership from our team? And in the schools. Yes, right. There's a lot going on in the, in the world right now. And a Catholic education, is, while not free, I believe, um, is one of the most attractive bargains there is in education. So it's not free. So, yes, a public school, um, uh, you know, you, 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 you do not have to pay to go to. But when you, I think, weigh things like curriculum, academic rigor, class size, facilities, Catholic faith that runs through um, our schools, when you look at that and try to compare it, let's say, to a private school, and there's some great private schools here in Maryland, um, you know, the cost of a Catholic education at our schools is a fraction of what a private school would be. It just is. And I think that's really important. Um, and it's really important to parents. Um, and, and my wife and I have uh, two children, they're grown now, you know, who are got budgets to, to deal with. They don't have unlimited resources. But I think most parents, I know my, my wife and I always felt this way, um, and I bet if we talk to a lot of parents out there, they would say the most important investment I can make for my child is in getting them the best education possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that, that that could be a public school, that could be a private school, but we believe the value is there. The value proposition is there for the um, archdiocese schools. Uh, in a really significant and differentiated way. So I think part of our job when you talk about our leadership is making sure um, all of our teachers, our counselors, our principals, our presidents, 
uh, our school nurses, our athletic directors, et cetera, et cetera, all truly understand that and believe it. Um, because I think that's one of our, our major selling points. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, it, it's overwhelming and it's compelling. Um, and I just want to make sure that we're able to articulate it um, mm-hmm. to uh, potential students and parents that are trying to maximize the benefit of an education for their children. That sounds good. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Greg Farno, the new Chancellor of Education for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And we want to talk some more about the value of Catholic education. This is Chris Gunting, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools, rise above. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. At St. Mary Catholic School in Hagerstown, a new team has a mission focused on God, family, country, and excellence. It's called Forming Virtuous Citizens for Heaven and Earth. When Father James Bork became administrator of St. Mary Parish in July, he came up with the idea to assign each grade a virtue on which to focus throughout the year. For grades first through third, they include faith, hope, and love, respectively. Fourth through seventh grade are focused on each of the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Eighth grade has two sub-virtues of justice, religion, and piety. A teacher committee on Catholic identity was formed this year and is looking for ways to tie the virtues to the classrooms. Father Boric hopes these virtues will affect every aspect of the students' lives, from the playground to their relationship with their parents and teachers. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. As Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine reaches the two-year mark, the Knights of Columbus remain steadfast in bringing relief to vulnerable Ukrainians living in some of the hardest-hit areas. The Global Catholic Fraternity Organization established its first council in Ukraine in 2012 and now counts some 10,000 members in Ukraine and neighboring Poland. With the support of more than 67,000 donors, the Knights as a whole have provided Ukraine with close to $22.1 million in aid through the Ukraine Solidarity Fund, which the organization established within hours of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine on February 24, 2022. To date, the Knights have sent more than 7.3 million pounds of supplies and goods, more than 250,000 care packages, and 400 wheelchairs to Ukraine, helping upward of 1.4 million people. In 2022, Baltimore Archbishop William E. Lorry, who serves as Supreme Chaplain of the Knights of Columbus, visited Ukraine and Poland to see for himself the work of the Knights there. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. 
From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Archbishop William E. Laurie celebrates Holy Mass at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception and honors the Little Sisters of the Poor at Guadalupe Radio Network's Fishers of Men Benefit Dinner, April 27th. Radio host Debbie Giorgiani keynotes the evening at Catholic University of America. The Little Sisters' tireless work with the elderly, heroic witness to women discerning vocations and standing up for religious freedom are why they're being recognized. At grnonline.com, learn more. Catholic Review Media is a proud sponsor of Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. We are talking today with Greg Farno, who is the new Chancellor of Education for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Greg, we talked a little bit before the break about that value of Catholic education. And just to give you a little bit of background on myself, my dad was a Chicago public school teacher in high school for almost four decades. I have nine siblings, so there were 10 of us. And we all went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, and a few of us went to Catholic colleges. Wow. So I have 16 years of Catholic education uh, behind me here. And my mom and dad... uh, on a, on a Chicago public school teacher salary, found that Catholic education was a value and they really made sacrifices to make that work. How do you communicate that value to people who might be interested in this, but say, gosh, this is steep? Yeah. Are you able to communicate the value and are you able to help some of those families with scholarships and other ways to, to make it more affordable? Yeah. So, so let me, start with your latter part of your question, uh, Chris. Yes, there there are scholarships um, need-based and, and some that are not need-based that are available to students that are applying. So um, I know our, our, our team does a great job of making sure that parents are aware of what programs exist, how to avail themselves of them, who they apply to, since many of them are need-based. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, shame, I guess shame on us, but I, I doubt it's happening um, if we're not promoting those programs actively enough. But, you know, I think um, what I would point to are, again, come to our schools, visit with the principal, see the facilities, see the classes, see the size of the classes, take a look at um, uh, test scores and other measurements of academic uh, prowess. And I think we'll be able to convince that parent that this is a really great, prudent investment of, of again, of their scarce resources in maximizing the impact of their children's education. I think if we can just get them to invest a little bit of time with us, we can show them why 
Catholic education is different than other avenues that are open um, and extremely efficient and more affordable. And I'm not minimizing what it costs to go to one of our schools for a parent. I'm not for a second. But again, compared to other alternatives, I would think it would be very appealing. Mm -hmm. The Catholic Review does an annual survey of high school tuitions for private schools in Maryland. Um, And when we do that list, we usually have about three dozen schools, including our Catholic schools, as well as other private schools. The first Catholic school ends up about 19th or 20th on the list, that all of the rest of the the schools above that are private schools that are much more expensive than the most expensive Catholic school. And I think that is just one way of indicating, as you say, that there's a value there. But the thing that differentiates the Catholic schools is that Christ-centered education. How do you help teachers, you know, in the classroom, principals, vice principals, to imbue that Catholic faith and that Christ-centeredness into every classroom. That's true. Again, again, that's what makes us different. So if, you know, so that's very important to us is to make sure our stakeholders, students, parents, teachers, supporters, all understand what that faith-based education looks like and why it's different than again, other alternatives. You know, Chris, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier in our um, discussion today, I grew up in New England, in Connecticut. And albeit, it was a a few years ago. For both of us. (laughs) There were like no private schools up there. And very few, relatively speaking, um, Catholic schools. And so when I... um, came to Baltimore when my wife and I got married, when we started raising children, it was a new world uh, here to um, see that, yes, there's the public alternative. There is the um, Catholic school system, um, both the archdiocese and the independent Catholic schools. And then there are, it seems, particularly in the greater Baltimore area, a tremendous amount of, of private schools. Um, and that was just really new to me. But as I've lived here, as two of our kids have grown up here, it's become apparent that um, each are different. Each are uh, have, uh, have their pros. Um, but I think the, the Catholic school system here is so strong. It, it's got such a rich tradition. Um, it is so academically focused and the development of a child in a completely mission-based um, atmosphere and at a cost that, that, again, not minimizing it, but is a fraction of what you'd pay at um, other alternatives. So uh, we think it's just a, a great story to, to tell and to share. Mm-hmm. You've been on the job officially <laughs> all of about a week or so at this point when, as we're talking here. Uh, are you hoping to get around to, to all the schools in the archdiocese and, and see what everybody has to offer? Chris, if, if, if you see me sitting in my office five days a week, uh, you need to, to talk to me because something's wrong. Um, I want to get out early and often 
to each of the schools to really understand them, understand the administration, the teachers, the, the students, um, see where they need um, help, see where we can focus. Um, yes, yes, Chris. I hope to be on the road the vast majority of my time because um, I think if I'm not, I, I, I'll be missing something. There'll be a mm-hmm. there'll be a part of the equation that I can't figure out to use a an academic uh, analogy. So I think I've got to get very deep and, and very um, in, ingrained in how the schools are thinking about life, how they're going about prosecuting their their plans, um, and and then how we here can help them do that. And 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 I want to lead by example in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you'll find is not only really dedicated people uh, and students and all of that, but you'll find science classrooms and labs and maker spaces and things like that, that, yeah. that honestly, nobody ever imagined when I was going to grade school and high school Oh, back in the day. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what you come up against as you go through that. As long as they don't ask me tough questions, like help solve these simultaneous linear equations, uh-huh. um, I, I'll probably be okay. And, and help use this this uh, this robot printer kind of thing, 3D <laughs> printers and things like that. You got it. They look fascinating to me, but I just have no idea how they work. So Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. Good. Well, we have been talking today with Greg Farno, who is the new Chancellor of Education for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. And the reason we're talking now is that Catholic Schools Week, an annual week dedicated to celebrating what Catholic schools are all about, runs from January 28th through February 3rd this year. We appreciate you being with us today, Greg, and welcome aboard. Thanks so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you have been listening to Catholic Review Radio. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead... Let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.